Before we get started, we got some big, big tech news this week. We are officially in Alexa skill. That's right. The Tom and Hawk football show flash briefing is now live. So go to your Alexa app, search under skills for the Tom and Hawk football show and turn it on in your flash briefings. Then just say, Alexa, play my flash briefing and you'll hear our Monday minicast directly through your Echo device. Coming up on today's show, we talk the New England Patriots in the post Tom Brady era. We've got families that might be getting a little bit too involved. And of course, the perfect marriage, football and Thanksgiving. Plus the NFL vocab quiz. All of that and much, much more coming up on another Thanksgiving award winning Tom and Hawk football show. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Thanksgiving edition of the Simon Hawk Football Show. It is your boy, Andrew Hawkins, joined as always by 10-time Pro Bowler, four-time father. Joe Thomas is in the building. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, not too much, man. We got the most popular fat guy holiday coming up here with Thanksgiving and uh, getting pretty excited. Having the family out to the farm, going to cook a little oh, turkey, going to get after all the different sides and, of course, watch uh, more football than I care to admit. Spending my off time on a farm sounds like punishment to me, maybe because I'm a city slicker. You don't have to go out and like milk the cows every day. You know that? Like there, there are farms that you just like chill out and just enjoy nature and get away from city life. But uh, maybe it doesn't appeal to you as a as a city slicker from LA these days. But also your version of a farm, I want to I want you to kind of drill in on that a little bit because it's not that's just what in my mind you're like yeah we're gonna spend some time at the farm that means there's just mud everywhere, pigs walking <laughs> around. No pigs, they're pretty stinky. Like you you can only wear overalls. Yeah, um, it's cold. You, you can. Oh, yes. Very cold. I mean, these are all things that sound amazing to me. Uh, and it's funny that you're saying that uh, you're positioning them as things that I wouldn't want to enjoy. Mud, <sighs> animals, nature, football, beer drinking, overalls. Like those, That's my dreamland right there. That's my happy place, my friend. But also your farm probably has like eight bedrooms. It probably has a studio. It does have a studio. That's where I record my an shows. Indoor, an indoor gym. Yes, indoor basketball court. Uh, full-length Olympic-sized swimming pool. I mean, yeah, when you got the space, you got to use it, right? That's, that's, that's not a farm. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a farm school. That is a prep school. Well, that's where we spent COVID. Uh, like a year ago, when the kids were out of school, they were like, what are we going to do? I guess we go to the farm and do homeschool because it's way better there than it is being in the city. <laughs> aka the mansion also known <laughs> as our second mansion yes. yeah i could do that farm for thanksgiving that yeah. makes sense well compared to la my farmhouse is probably the same price as your pool house uh <laughs> but it's probably 10 times the size Dude, how much how much family do you have come over for thanksgiving so we don't make it huge it's just kind of immediate family like my sister and her family my parents my grandma so there's probably like 15 20 of us total with kids that's pretty big. I mean, but you have the space for it. It's What's solid. your, uh, do you guys do a turkey bowl? Are you guys uh, get together, go out there? I always played a turkey bowl as a kid. We don't have enough neighbors that are close by to like do a full turkey bowl, but I imagine- yeah, you're in a compound. Yeah, I imagine that when my kids get a little bit older, they're going to want to do it. Like Jack, my son, who's five, he's super excited about just sitting around and watching football all day. He's totally in that mode that Austin was a few years ago. Yeah. I remember you telling me about it where he's like so obsessed. Last night with the Monday night game, he crawled right into bed with me and he's like, mommy promised she'd let me watch the first quarter with Tom Brady. <laughs> and he was just glued. And for a kid that can't sit still for literally five seconds, if he was in school or if you're trying to get him to focus to do something, 
He'll literally sit there and watch the TV and snuggle with me, and he won't move a muscle for the entire first hour, the first quarter of the game last night, which was so cool. So I'm so excited that he's starting to enjoy some of the things that I enjoy sports-wise. And I think we're just a couple years away from doing a turkey bowl because that's what I always did as a kid, right? Uh, right before Thanksgiving dinner, we'd all get together with all the neighborhood kids and we'd go outside and we'd throw the football around. It was so much fun. We did that even into college. It was pretty cool. I n- I've never partaken in a turkey bowl. I've always never wanted to. I still bowl. want to. I want to just mm. pull up to somebody's turkey bowl and just go the hell off like <laughs> 10 tubs. They're like, who the hell? Just 472 yards talking, talking hella shit. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want the whole gamut. So maybe I, one of these years we're going to do it. We're going to set this up, bring the cameras and everything. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're not going to have the element of surprise. You need to be like a, a really out of shape old white guy and then go off like Andrew <laughs> Hawkins style. But if you show up looking fit like you do right now, you're not fooling anybody that they're not going to get their ass whooped. I got to go Uncle Drew. I got to get makeup to look like an old guy. <laughs> I gotta... <laughs> you got to wear a full old man mask. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get into our topic for today. Our first topic, at least. Speaking of old man. Mm. Uh, they don't have it anymore because he's in Tampa mm. Bay. We're talking about the New England Patriots. They're back, Joe. Or mm. are they? I guess is the question. They look really good. They're on a five-game winning streak. They have Mac Jones, who everybody is super-duper high on. But I will say, when you watch him play, he is very good. He is, does not look great yet. But he is very smart. He's a great decision-maker. Um, he dresses like a 54-year-old man. Mm. Yeah, he's got the dressing down if he wants to be Eli Manning. But my question is, are they legit? Do you look at the New England Patriots and say to yourself, yes, this team is going to make some noise in the playoffs and could potentially end up in the Super Bowl? I say that they can make some noise, and I definitely think they're a team that you don't want to play because Bill Belichick has always been the master of coming up with these game plan specific strategies, especially on the defensive side of the football that, you know, obviously everyone always hears about, oh, it takes away your your strength and makes you play left-handed, which is true. Like there's nobody in history that's ever been better at coming up with a game plan that just attacks what you don't do very well. And they do it over and over and over again until you fix it. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of times in some of these games that they win, they put up these huge point differentials because Bill has a schematic advantage over the opponent. And it's so much less of Hey, mano e mano. Okay, this guy wins one. I win one. You might win two. We only win one. And then the the score is close. He's like, I found uh, like an arbitrage in your schematic strategy on offense, and I'm just going to continually poke at it until that small wound bleeds and you bleed to death uh, from loss of uh, blood right there. But I, the reason I don't really love the Patriots to make it to the Super Bowl, and they really need to convince me more, is one, Mac Jones, he's played well but he hasn't elevated the level of all the people around him. And what I mean by that is he's really good with decision-making. He's hitting the passes that he should make. He's rarely making any mistakes, very few turnovers, but he hasn't been in those moments yet where he's facing a defense that maybe is showing him looks that he is not really familiar with. And he has to kind of go off script a little bit. He's playing against a Patrick Mahomes or one of these quarterbacks that can go down the field and score five, six, seven touchdowns in a game, and he has to go throw for throw. And I think that's what he'd have to prove if he wants to be a quarterback that can take his team to the Super Bowl. Additionally, here's the teams that the Patriots have beat in their last winning streak that they're on right here with five games. Falcons, Browns, Panthers before Cam Newton, Chargers. Now that's a legit win. They won by three. 
the Jets, they smoked them. And then they lost to the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Dolphins. So yes, I like their record. I like the direction they're trending, but I'm not ready to jump on their bandwagon and say, yeah, they're definitely going to be a team that can win the Super Bowl. I think they're just benefiting from, we talked about the schedule. Their division is probably the worst division in football, right? Jets, Dolphins, Bills are good. But Bills might be a little bit of a fraud right now. Like they haven't beaten anybody either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I guess the other division in the running for that would be the AFC South. South is is kind of doo-doo because your Titans are frauds. Titans and Colts, though. Titans and Colts are both seem decently legit. Mm-hmm. They're probably neck and neck there. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're benefiting from that. They haven't played anybody. And the thing, to your point about Mac Jones, is when he's on the field, he's not the best player on the field. And mm-hmm. not that he has to be, but he is the quarterback. He has an incredible run game. The best thing you could do for any quarterback, I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a rookie or a 15-year vet, is give them a running game and a defense. You're going to see the best version of them. You're going to see the best version of whoever they are as a quarterback. Now, I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't going to be great, but at the moment, he's he's doing really well managing the game, and they're giving him great game plans. People have compared him to 2001 Brady. I'm not going to sit up here and freaking act like I remember what the hell 2001 Brady looked like. Like <laughs> You don't remember that? It was just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like I was, we weren't focusing on Tom Brady. We have no idea what that season looked like. So I'm not going to act like I do, but I mean, we know who Tom Brady is now, and I think the comparisons are pretty ridiculous. Where are you at on the on the Tom Brady comparisons, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember watching a whole lot of Tom Brady in those early 2000s because I was still in high school. Um, but I certainly remember the fact that they were doing it mostly with defense in a run game, which is kind of what the Patriots are doing right now. So I do think, though, that their defense was better back then. Um, I think their running game is good now. But the NFL has changed a lot. There's far more great passing offenses that can rack up a lot of points. And to me, when I look at, okay, what's the one thing that the Patriots might struggle with is if they run into an offense that can score in their defense, they don't have a corresponding offense that has the firepower to keep up. And there's a lot of offenses like that now, whereas when Brady was a rookie his first few years, there was much fewer offenses with great Hall of Fame type quarterbacks that could just put up tons of points and light the scoreboard on fire. Most of those teams in the 2000s, outside of the greatest show on turf, are uh, teams that are running the football and playing defense because that was the the method back in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s. It's much more about toughness, beehive football, tight end and fullback, two tight ends, a fullback. We're going to smash it in there and throw when we have to. All right, so last question on this. At what point do we decide who won the like who is who is it? Belichick or Brady? Like at what point are we like, oh, this person and it's not saying that one gets all the credit, but there's gotta be a, a 51, 49 percent. Right. Who gets more of the credit? It's not that they don't both deserve tons of credit. It's who deserves more credit. Who deserves more? And I, you know, the case was closed after last year, right? We saw what Belichick looks like when he has a team that doesn't have Tom Brady, they stink. And then when Brady goes to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all of a sudden, boom, Super Bowl. So this has changed a little bit, though. It's changed a little bit because all of a sudden you give Bill Belichick the ability to spend some money in free agency, pick up some tight ends, pick up some guys on defense, and they're looking completely different now, especially with Mac Jones, who's throwing the ball a lot better than Cam Newton was. So I think this is one of those that it's not going to be fully decided until Brady and Belichick retire. Because in that case, nobody has any more things to say in their book and they're able to just kind of write that final chapter and we'll all be able to decide hey how many Super Bowls and how much success these guys have had after they split 
and I think it's even more about how how they've avoided bad seasons after the split than how many Super Bowls they win. So for me, as long as Brady doesn't have, doesn't ever have like a really crappy season, like a below 500 season like the Patriots had last year, it'll be hard for Belichick to reclaim more of the credit than Brady if Brady never has a losing season the rest of his career. His roster is stacked, though. So I was going to say devil's advocate. Tom Brady went down to a stacked roster in Tampa Bay. Belichick had nothing. And you can argue this year, he's doing a lot with kind, not nothing, but it's not as stacked as the Tampa Bay roster. So yeah, I, I think if he wins, if they win the Super Bowl this year, he's got it right now. He's definitely yeah, in the no. lead if they win a Super Bowl. Remember when Shaq left the Lakers and he went and won a, uh, a championship with the Heat and it was like, oh, it was Shaq, not Kobe. Oh, yeah. And like we had to like, oh, see, it was him the whole time. And then Kobe started, you know, really putting it together. And he went on at some championship runs. And now no one says Shaq is still an yeah. incredible, like probably a top three or four NBA player of all time, most dominant. Mm-hmm. But we don't say it was Shaq and not Kobe. Everyone was like, oh, it was Kobe, right? So it's going to take time. Yeah, it's one of those things that in sports, we just love to have those arguments because they aren't decided. They're not clear cut, right? If they're clear cut, you'd have the argument once and then it'd be over and you'd throw it in the uh, the trash bin. But the fact that it continues and these guys are both playing now for new franchises, it gives us something to talk about. Us bozos that have a microphone in front of us, yes. we get to, you know, spit hot takes about, oh, Brady, he sucks. Oh, Belichick, Absolutely. he sucks. Oh, this guy's the greatest. There's no better job than to talk about somebody else's job. Yes, yes. That's, that's our best. job. Our job is to talk about somebody else's job. And yeah. You know, I had a mailman that once told me, he said he felt bad for me that I played in the NFL because on uh, Sundays he got to watch me work. And I'm like, you know what? That is right. He's got one up on me because as a mailman, he doesn't work on Sundays and he gets to sit at home, drink beers, and watch me work and get my head smashed in. There's a lot of, of family members of professional football players and athletes in general that like to argue and like to get things going on the old social media. Uh, one of those players is Baker Mayfield's wife. She reposted an IG stories that she then deleted that said, no one better say anything bad about Baker Mayfield after this game. I don't think I've seen toughness like this in a while. Maybe the rest of our team should take the hint and get their asses tougher. I added the asses part, but mm. general sense was there. Yeah. She then deleted. Earlier, uh, we had a situation where Kelly Stafford had to apologize for throwing a pretzel at a 49ers fan. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I mean, who throws a shoe, honestly, <laughs> to a pretzel? <laughs> we had Jackson Holmes making TikTok dances anywhere on God's green earth. OBJ's father orchestrated his departure out of the Cleveland Browns organization. So where are we at with uh, family involving themselves in media narratives or within the sports zeitgeist around their family members, loved ones, friends, etc.? I think there's always a danger for family members to use the celebrity and the platform that their husband, significant other, loved one has given them 
to make a name for themselves, become very popular on social media through Instagram or Twitter or whatever, Snapchat, because then you become a de facto spokesperson for the player that's on the field, right? Because a lot of times the players on the field aren't going to say anything or they're going to speak in cliches or like Baker after the game on Sunday, just don't even show up. (laughs) And so when that happens, everyone's like looking to the next person. Hey, well, we would love to know what he thinks about this. So if that person's not talking to us or giving us uh, like a real insight into what's going on with his brain, then maybe his wife will. And so people are going to flock to that type of stuff. And it's dangerous because as a person who's one step removed from being on the field, you're not constantly indoctrinated from the coaches and from the me- the media uh, members and the PR staff around you of like what you should and shouldn't say so that you're not putting undue stress and pressure and a microscope on yourself and on your teammates. And when you do stuff like Baker's wife did, that's it's something that people are going to jump on. And then it's something that people that Baker might have to answer for, not only in the media, but maybe in the locker room. I imagine that uh, there was some players in the locker room who probably saw this post from Emily Mayfield and maybe had a few questions for Baker if he believed the, th- the same things that his wife did. And I will say one thing. I don't actually believe that his wife maybe thought and agreed with everything that was in that post. And that's part of the danger of just retweeting a bunch of stuff that's pro your husband or pro your brother, or whoever it is. Like sometimes you just get so carried away and you're so emotional in that moment that you're retweeting stuff that looks really bad about your team because. It says directly in that Instagram post that the team needs to get tougher and they should take a hint from my husband, which that's not exactly the message you want to send to your teammates. (laughs) The other thing is, and you kind of hit on it, the media, we're looking for sources. Well, I'm not because I don't give a damn about sources. That's that's not what I do. (laughs) I make jokes. Um, But other people who take their job really serious, they look for sources. They look for any little insight to think, What is Baker Mayfield saying when he goes home? What is the pillow talk conversation around football? And even Mm -hmm. if it isn't exactly what Baker Mayfield is thinking, they're going to take that and infer that that is the sentiment of the household. So that's where the dangers come in. And I don't know if it's right or not, because everyone should have their ability to just be who they are, think what they think. I understand that. But they're going to blow it up. Actually, I learned how to use the internet because... My brother got drafted. He bought a Gateway 2000 computer. And I'm like, oh, snap, baby. Don't even I'm know learning. what that is. Is that like an Acer? It was, <laughs> it was, what it was the hell it's is that? even older than an Acer. This is oh, like, goodness. internet was like really becoming a hot mm. thing. This is like 98, 99. <laughs> and I was 12. It, yep, Beep. we're doing the dial up situation. <laughs> and I found, I find a lot of stuff on the internet at that time, which, you know, for a 13 year old boy, yeah. someone definitely should have been looking over me but i only imagine what your history looked like at the same time it was nobody knew my family had no idea what the internet was they didn't know how to use computers like it was our first computer ever and so i found like nfl message boards and they would just be talking trash on my brother so i make my accounts and the majority (laughs) of my week at 13 years old was posing as a fan Mm. defending my brother in every Mm. message board that i seen and that's when i got to the nf that's why when i got to the nfl they're like oh you're so good at handling fans And I'm like, yeah, I know what the hell is out there. I know what's going on. Um, But I was definitely one of those family members Uh, doing way too much. At least it was under a fake name, though, though. I'm not ridiculous. mm -hmm. I was even, even at 13, I knew how to troll properly. Yeah. See, maybe Emily Mayfield needs needs to make a few burner accounts like Kevin Durant. And she can trash all these fans that are booing Baker and she doesn't have to worry about them. And she can trash their teammates. And then nobody will ask Baker any questions about it. But I do agree with what you're saying about like, 
these family members, they're their own people. They should be allowed to have whatever platform they want. But I think for those people, the family members, it would be important for them to recognize that nobody gives a shit what you think about Baker Mayfield or his teammates <laughs> until you married Baker Mayfield. So understand the reason they're listening to you by and large, maybe 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of your followers is because they know that you're a conduit to what Baker thinks because you're presumably sleeping in the same bed with him every single night. So that's why people want to hear what you have to say. So uh, you have to keep that little idea in the back of your mind that I am representing the brand that is my husband Baker or Matt Stafford, whoever that is. And so the, the silliness that you do only adds more pressure to the person that you're trying to defend. Because I know one thing about Twitter and Instagram is you're never going to win a fight on there about an athlete. It just doesn't happen. It's just going to get nasty. And the only thing you can do is drag everybody down to your level and then nobody can understand who's the pig and where the mud is and who's got mud on their face because everybody looks like crap. Have you ever had a situation where a play of teammates, family member was going out talking uh, mess publicly? Yes. In your own locker room? You know, I remember one moment that uh, it got a lot of attention negatively for the team. So Colt McCoy got a concussion on I want to say it was a Thursday night football game or something like that. Um, James Harrison like crushed him in the middle of the game. He was rolling and actually running towards the line of scrimmage and he tried to make a late throw and James like totally launched himself right into Colt's head. Bad concussion. Ended up playing the rest of the game. So at the moment when Colt got hit, we were dealing with a rash of injuries. It was like a mash unit on the sideline. So all the trainers were attending to other people. And this was before they had the independent neurologist that watched from upstairs. And so all, none of the trainers saw it. They didn't have the replay on the sidelines. And when he did the concussion tests, he checked out fine on the sidelines. Well, after the game, you could tell he had a really bad concussion and he was having a hard time with the lights. And his family saw him and talked to him after the game, I guess. And like his dad went out and like blasted the training staff for putting him back out there. And of course, that's a bad situation when the father of the quarterback is blasting the team and the training yep. staff for putting their son back out there. But it's a it's a difficult situation because I imagine as a family, you want to defend your loved one, your, yeah, your brother, your son, right. whatever it is. Like, And you hate that people are saying bad things about him and you don't have the ability to kind of understand or conceptualize uh, like that this is the stuff that happens every single day to these people and that no matter what you say, you're not going to be able to defend them. You're not going to win an argument with anybody. You're just going to make things worse. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself in that situation. Yeah, have you ever had that with a family member or anything like that? <sighs> no one in my family. Well, actually, I did, but mine was different. See, that's I actually, that's the workaround. And actually, I think we'll be the, the people that can work around it. When our sons are in the NFL, if we're still in media, it works. David Carr goes on TV. Yeah consistently and 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 defends Derek Carr and gives his take and because he's in the media it's all good also my brother he was like local Cincinnati media when I played for the Bengals mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so of course the narrative on his shows would always be they need to give the ball to Andrew Hawkins more <laughs> and because he was the media it was yeah. nobody was like yo man your brother's really interfering here it was like oh that's his but, but I think that's different than like getting into the social media world because the social media world is just throwing stones and calling names and it's just amateur hour all over the board you but when know you're an analyst i'm gonna get into social media where if austin goes to the nfl oh yeah 
Oh my gosh, I'm yeah, going to be sure. LeVar Ball second coming. Are you serious? <laughs> but like if you're in an analyst role, that's totally different. And you're talking about substantive things that are on the field. Like, hey, you should do this. You should do that. You know, they said that he made a bad throw here or a bad read, but this is why it wasn't a bad read or a bad throw. Like you can defend him with substantive things, but if you're just going on there and blasting the fans or blasting his teammates, like that's never going to be a good look. Or throwing pretzels at the other team's fans. Definitely don't throw pretzels at people because that can get you beat up. Also, the LeVar Ball is a good comp because I, he negatively affected his kids probably mm. at some point because people got annoyed by him. But mm. his kids, he was completely right. They are so damn good. I don't know if you know about LaMelo Ball <laughs> and Lonzo Ball, but they're like, they're next level good. And he was completely right in everything he was yep. saying, but people got annoyed by it. All right, so it's Thanksgiving season, Joe. Mm. Our favorite time of the year. This is probably our favorite holiday here on the Tom and Hawk football show, right? Yeah, I mean, to be able to feast, eat gluttonously, and watch football all day with family, that sounds pretty good to me. And use a flamethrower. Hard to beat. And you use a flamethrower. Like, this is, I hate to position you this way, but it's the reality. (laughs) You are the richest version of a country boy Thanksgiving because, you know, Uh, you go to your farm. good life. AKA compound, AKA mansion thing that you have um, with butlers and stuff. I've never, ha- I've never seen a farm with butlers. I've never seen it, but uh, it exists. Only if you're you cook there. Cook your food with flamethrowers. They're cheap. They're actually made for burning weeds. Oh, okay. You burn weed with the. Fe- well, like, that's what see, they're made for. Everything. But I use them to cook my turkey. All right. The the, the weed that, that my family burns on Thanksgiving has nothing <laughs> it to do with. It looks a little bit differently. That's <laughs> the looks... California version of the weed that the flamethrowers burn. Not me. I'm never protected. <laughs> but all right. So, all right. You do a flamethrower. I, I hate to even ask you this because it's going to turn into a seven-minute soliloquy. Mm, I think that's short. the right use of the word. Yeah, it's great, great use of the word. Nice word. Flamethrower. How? Why? Don't talk to me like I'm Martha Stewart, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, okay. You know those big, like, 20-pound propane cylinders? You ever seen them for, like, heaters or, like, grills and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. So they make, uh, for, like, 100 bucks on Amazon, you can buy an attachment that goes on there, and it spits the propane out the front of a metal tube, and you light it, and it's a flamethrower. It heats to, like, I don't know, 1,500, 1,700 degrees or something like that. And it's made for two things. It's made for burning weeds, like if you have a gardener around your house or whatever, or mm. it's made for repairing like blacktop or seal coat because you can melt like the hot oil mix and get it to like relay on your driveway or whatever. So, uh, of course, it is not made for cooking a turkey, but I thought that uh, that would be a perfect use of it because I really like to use a sous vide on Thanksgiving and around the holidays because uh, it perfectly makes all the the meat every single time with perfect okay. consistency and you're able to cook it like a couple days in advance so you can free up the oven for mama so she can have all the space for her mashed potatoes and her biscuits and her gravy and all the dinner rolls and all the delicious pumpkin pies and apple pies and you can buy plenty of time to watch football so you you That's cook good. it sous vide a couple days it. in advance okay. yeah you throw it on the grill and you take the flamethrower out, you you put up maybe a little bit of fat on there, maybe some duck fat, maybe some bacon, whatever you got, and uh, put some seasoning, and you go to town with the flamethrower for a couple minutes, you're ready to eat. Let's go. Okay. Not interested. It, Not I, I'd eat it. I definitely wouldn't cook it. You would love it. If I got you behind a flamethrower, there'd be a, a big smile. It'd be from Pennsylvania all the way to California on your face. I used to work in a factory. And without any training, I showed up one day and they handed me a blowtorch and were like, hey, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> what were you, you guys a, making in the factory? It was it was a wind tur- turbine engine okay. factory repair company. So, and they were like, this guy looks like somebody who knows how to use a blowtorch. And they just were <laughs> like, hey, here you go. They gave me the mask. They gave me some gloves. Here you go. And I'm and I'm just sitting there blow. I don't even remember what the hell I was blowing. Were you welding or were you cutting? Yeah. Like what the hell were you doing? I just remember like, yo, I'm gonna burn this place down and <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be on the front of the Toledo blade and they're gonna say, former UT football player who doesn't currently have home, burns down factory and uh causes millions of dollars of damage for the city of Toledo. But yeah, that was my <laughs> nice. only time really. And from there I'm like, yeah, I'm good on the flamethrowing. All right, Thanksgiving. Joe, I was a receiver, so I never Mm -hmm. had to watch what I ate ever Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I ran 10 miles a day Mm -hmm. at practice. So Thanksgiving came around. I just I just got down how I got down. Did you have Mm -hmm. to like, you know, watch what you ate? Because if you couldn't be too fat on game day. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be fat, but just the right amount of fat was perfect. Well, for me, I was not like a receiver as far as how much I ran, but I was always a smaller offensive lineman and the coaches always wanted me to gain weight. And so for me, it was all about eating enough to keep my weight up during the season, especially because during the season I didn't practice, but I still exercised. I still worked out and I'd go out and play on Sundays and you burn an amazing amount of calories. And so for me, the rule was three meals a day. You got to feel like every single one of them is Thanksgiving. I have to feel like I am about to throw up after I'm done eating. That was the appropriate amount to eat. Ugh. It had to have a lot of sugar. It had to have a lot of processed foods and it had to have a lot of complex carbs and protein. And as long as it had all those things in the meal and I felt like I was going to throw up, that was enough. And so for me, Thanksgiving was a holiday I enjoyed when I was playing, but it wasn't really any different than any other meal during the season. That is that is wild. That is uh, wildly unhealthy as well. Um, Amazingly, that was the best part about retiring because I could get a little bit healthier and hopefully not die of like heart disease at thirty eight. That's how you get a farm that looks like a beach house, though. You know, you put the you put the time in. Um, the that, the the funniest thing about Thanksgiving in the NFL would be, and I I think about it now. Like people hate me, like, oh, are you off on Thanksgiving? And I, I'm like, no, I work. I'm gonna work through it. And you're like, oh, it's so messed up. I'm like, I've always worked on Thanksgiving. In football, it'd be like, hey, guys, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to reward you, and we're going to let you out today <laughs> at 1 o'clock. <laughs> yes. The best part was, I don't know if you guys did this everywhere you went, but they would always be like, yep, we're going to give you Thanksgiving off. So you're going to come in at 5 a.m., and we're going to literally <laughs> yeah. do the entire Thursday that we normally do. But instead of starting at 8, we're starting Four at 5. Early. Yes. That means yeah, that, that was... you can get out by 1, and you can still go home and have a great <laughs> Thanksgiving with your family. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this trade off right here. So we're still working for 10 hours today. But instead of getting to the building at 7 a.m., I have to get there at 4. I'm going to be exhausted. (laughs) Or the best one yet was like, hey, we're going to have practice. And after practice, you can leave. We won't even watch that film. But then Friday comes when you're a little (laughs) bit hungover from all the bourbon and beer and wine. We're going to come in two hours early and watch the film anyway. (laughs) Just we're going to do it Friday morning rather than Thursday after practice. So Thanksgiving was awesome. We loved it. I loved getting together with family. And a lot of times we'd have teammates over because as you know, there's a lot of guys that are just getting signed or they're coming from yep. other teams. They don't have their family there. Um, and so we would always bring those guys over to our house because my wife loved making a huge spread. We didn't usually have family in for Thanksgiving Day. They would usually come that weekend for the game if it was a home game. And then we'd celebrate on the weekend because, yeah. like you mentioned, you don't really have a whole lot of time to celebrate Thanksgiving during the week. 
as a player. So it was really a fun holiday. I have so many fun memories because my teammates would come over and like Jordan Cameron would be like hanging out with my little kids downstairs because he had a kid. And so he knew how to handle the terrorists when they were running around like crazy. And mom and dad got finally got a, like a two minute break from the little kids. You were always really good about inviting teammates over and like, yeah, we, we loved having everybody over. And I'm I'm a loner, so I would never come. <laughs> you were the opposite. Just... You uninvited them. Yeah. Like your receiver buddies were like, "Hey, Hawk, uh, I don't know. Are you guys doing anything for Thanksgiving? Like, maybe can we come over? My family's not here." And you're like, "No, I'm like, busy. Yeah, we sorry. don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah, we don't, we don't do Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, sorry. You know how you know how Thanksgiving started? It was a massacre. We don't think can't come over my house. I mean, my my least favorite part about Thanksgiving is that there's no alone time. Like, there's always so many people around." <laughs> And I'm like, where the hell do I go mm. to just get some some? You some always watch time. a lot of film on Thanksgiving. I can Weird. Oh, honey, I'll be home right at five. I got to watch a lot of film. <laughs> Real quick. You talked about Jordan Cameron, who was a tight end that played with us in Cleveland. Um, I was in a celebrity flag football game this summer. Uh, the Rams had something. I'm out there. I'm playing with a bunch of actors and musicians and... It was a little unfair because Humble I'm break. still much better than them. And <laughs> so I was break. playing I was playing corner on defense. And there's this like blonde, like dyed hair, surfer, young kid. I'm like, look, I thought it was a, a, a YouTuber or like mm. one of those TikTok stars. Mm -hmm. He was playing mm -hmm. quarterback for the other team. And he had a pretty good arm. He's like rolling out. He's like slinging mm -hmm. it. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So I'm at corner and I'm like, hey, if you throw that over here, I'm taking that shit to the house. I'm mm. picking it off. You bet mm. not. And I'm like talking so talking much trash Ooh, to this it. YouTube kid, right? And he's looking at me. He's not like indulging. He's just like, okay, dude. And like, he's like a little thrown off by it. But I'm like this, you know, it can't be no more than 25 years old. But I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to get the juices going, right? So on my team, we got Matt Liner as the quarterback. He could still sling it, you know? Really? And he's throwing to me, an NFL receiver, gets a bunch of actors. We're like doing our thing. So we end up winning. Patrick humble brag. Yeah, the quick humble brag. I, after the game, I'm like walking over to get my stuff, and like uh, a, a woman says, "Hawk," and I look over, and I'm like, "Hey," she's like, "Andrew Hawkins," and I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, I thought that was you. I'm Jordan Cameron's sister, and I'm like, "Oh, no <laughs> Jordan Cameron, yes, my yes. God, yeah." She's she's Matt Liner's wife, and I'm like, "Oh, that's dope." She's like, "Yeah, I, I, my son is out there playing quarterback. He's 14." And I'm like, oh, Jordan Cameron's nephew mm. is that quarterback I thought was a 25-year-old YouTuber. <laughs> and he comes over and he's like, yeah, he was like talking sh shit to me. And he's like, this <laughs> Jordan Cameron face. I'm like, hey, man, I really apologize. I didn't know you were 14. I wouldn't have told you I was going to eat your lunch. <laughs> Real quick. So we were going to do a, a Thanksgiving food draft. We don't have time for that. But the producers did... Make a list of Thanksgiving foods. Why don't you give us your favorite protein, your favorite side, and your favorite dessert? Okay, I, I will. But I do want to say, as I look at this list, I could tell a white guy made it. Oh, because it doesn't include not, what? What's the one thing that you knew that a white guy made it because it didn't include it on this list? That's a good, no collard greens on here. Wait, I thought it was. Yeah, it is. It's towards the bottom. You just is didn't it? read far enough okay. down. Yes. There's yes. no, there's no there was a white guy who on there. gave a little shout out to his black friends because that's the only it, thing they can think of. There's no fried chicken on there. That's a, that's a mainstay. Ooh, on, on you guys a fried chicken family? Every time on Thanksgiving. Really? Every, every, Turkey every and time. fried chicken or is that yes. the only protein? Baked mac and cheese, 
Um, no, we do turkey too. Can I hot take? Turkey kind of sucks. I'm gonna say it. That's why you only eat it once a year. <laughs> it's a little dry. It's yeah, not that's like why you gotta deep fry it. I can't trick myself into being like, oh, I can't wait for this dry ass turkey. Oh, dude, I hated it as a kid. You should try the sous vide. I think you'd like that. So the best way to do a turkey is to deep fry it because it locks in a lot of oil and makes it taste delicious and juicy, which the bird is not yeah. really usually. Um, or you can sous vide it, which is nice. It's, you know, you put it in a bag and then you cook it in water for, you know, 12, mm -hmm. 24 hours, however long. And it, ma it makes it really tender and you don't lose a lot of the moisture. Uh, and then you finish it with a flamethrower. So that's another good way to do it. Not quite as delicious, but way easier. I don't even know what that is. Or you just go with fried fried uh, chicken <laughs> yeah, and that'd be delicious it. too. Because that's lasagna amazing. as well. Lasagna. <laughs> lasagna that's right. You love Everyone lasagna. talks about it, but we do lasagna every single Thanksgiving. I feel like that's a black family staple. People, we we fire up the lasagna. Yeah, that's something that I learned when uh, we became friends. I'm like, lasagna, yeah, we really? cross cultures here. Yeah, I didn't know that was a, that was a cultural thing, but now I do. Yeah, and people chimed in, and they, I'm glad they backed me up there. The other thing is, I have no idea what the hell succotash is. So it's not about what was left off of this the list. It's some of the things on it. I'm like, <laughs> what is what is turd Duncan? Turducken. You clearly were not a John Madden fan as a kid because he would always give the turducken to the player of the game on the Lions uh, okay. Thanksgiving game or the Cowboys Thanksgiving game. And what it is, it's a chicken inside of a duck inside of a turkey. And you put them all in there and then you roast them together. And okay. Supposedly they're delicious. Never had one. I'm sure if somebody cooked it well, it'd be fantastic. So tofurkey is, I would imagine, tofu <laughs> turkey. Yeah, I don't want any of that. No okay. Succotash. I thought that was a um, a Sylvester um, the cat yeah, suffering sucker suffering sucker cash. No, this is good. This is I, worst least favorite cranberry sauce. Yeah, I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy either. Favorite dessert: chocolate chocolate cake. Okay, too much chocolate for me. Favorite side: mm -hmm. um, stuffing. Okay, with gravy, lasagna. Okay. Oh no, baked beans. Lasagna. Ba barbecue baked beans. We do that on Thanksgiving too. Wow. <laughs> you guys hit everything. <laughs> Fried chicken, lasagna, barbecue baked beans. <laughs> Honestly, That's awesome. It's ridiculous. All right. What about you? So I love a fried turkey. We don't do a fried turkey every year, but if I can get it, I, that's my favorite protein, I would say. Um, my favorite side would be probably garlic mashed potatoes. Um, that sounds The good. runner up would be Crescent rolls, those are so amazing when you get a warm crescent roll. It's flaky, and then you add the butter to the inside, a little bit of salt on the butter. I was going to ask you, your, your bread of choice, cornbread, yeah. rolls, biscuits. We do, I think, all of those. So I love cornbread, but I'm, I like to save that for when I'm eating barbecue, and I like to really just do the crescent rolls. Yeah, big yeah I like the crescent rolls with my turkey. Okay. It's more of a traditional thing rather than like these tastes go together type thing. Right. Um, and then as far as like a, a veggie, I would say a Brussels sprout. I'm doing a smash Brussels sprout I'm in sorry. the oven, which is amazing. I swear to God, if you let me do Brussels sprouts <laughs> for you the way I do them for Thanksgiving, you would love them because I microwave Brussels them, sprouts, we get them bro. soft, then I smash them, and then I uh, put them in the oven with a bunch of chopped up bacon and maple and seasoning, Goodness. maple syrup and seasoning, and it's really fantastic. It's probably amazing. Like the farm. It's it's like when you say it. It is amazing. <laughs> come to my farm and eat farm. Brussels sprouts. I'm, I'm like, going to send you yeah. so many pictures of my farm and the fun we're having i would rather not come to your farm and eat brussels sprouts for thanksgiving yes probably a lot better my favorite dessert probably pecan pie i like pumpkin pie but i just really enjoy the crunch of a good pecan pie that takes it over the top for me so that's my that's my favorite thanksgiving things sweet potatoes too were sweet potatoes on the list 
Yeah, sweet potatoes, but they got to have those little marshmallows on top. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Melted butter and marshmallows. Happy Thanksgiving to all, and to all a happy Thanksgiving. All right, we had so much fun expanding our vocabulary that we thought, hey, let's bring it back. It is the NFL vocab quiz. All right, you know the rules. We read a vocabulary word within a sentence describing an NFL player or situation. You guess the player and situation we're talking about and simultaneously the definition of the word. I'll start it off. Let's jump into it. Joe, this quarterback has done admirably ameliorating an MVP candidate. I'll read that again. This quarterback has done admirably ameliorating an NFL MVP candidate. Okay. So I'm guessing we're talking about Mac Jones here and ameliorating. I think that was the word. I feel like I've heard it before. And to me, it sounds like ameliorate is like imitate, imic, mimic, like along those lines. And since it would be this person stepping in and imitating somebody who's an NFL MVP, it would have to be somebody that either is playing as a backup, playing very well right now, or somebody that has stepped into the role of a, a quarterback that has now since left and gone somewhere else. So I feel really good. It, it means to imitate or mimic. And we're talking about Mac Jones. Judges? Oh, no. The answer Dang, what? is Colt McCoy. Oh, and ameliorating, well. which I have no idea if I'm pronouncing correctly, mm-hmm. means providing relief. Oh, dang. This quarterback has done admirably Man. providing relief for an MVP candidate. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that was close. It's all right. I, I, I do like that answer, though. Shout out to Danny Boy McCoy for the great job he's done with the Arizona Cardinals. Two and three in Kyler Murray's absence. All right, Hawk. This player revealed Belichick's skullduggery. S-K-U-L-D-U-G-G-E-R-Y. Skullduggery in new and interesting ways this week. This player revealed Belichick's skullduggery in new and interesting ways this week. Okay. Skullduggery. Mm-hmm. Um, skullduggery. I, that sounds like a Thanksgiving food that you would eat on your farm, but I'm not going to go with that. Ooh. Mm, dangerously specific. Um, okay. I'm going to guess skullduggery. Means unique thought process or something of that nature. And the player we're talking mm. about is Julian Edelman, who came out and said that uh, Belichick would make the receivers wear uh, the opposing teams same color, the gloves the same color as the opposing team so that refs couldn't see the holding. And so I would say skullduggery means unique tactics or maybe something like towing the line of cheating i don't know what is what is the definition judges <laughs> you got it half right it is julian edelman you are talking about the right situation but skullduggery actually means underhanded or unscrupulous behavior and trickery i said a lot that. of times you hear this word you you were you were i said almost were, like were cheating close you're getting warmer like okay. that Thanksgiving turkey, but it wasn't all the way cooked. <laughs> Actually, you hear this word a lot, at least I do, being used to refer to like pirates. You trickery, you know pirates? unscrupulous behavior. I'm really friends with a lot of pirates. <laughs> We've got a few of them coming over for Thanksgiving, uh, and they are full of skullduggery when they bring over their uh, unscrupulous meals that they've stolen from other people <laughs> yes. with their trickery. I love it. All right. But sidebar, 
when you were wearing gloves, did you ever think about the color of the gloves that you were wearing so that uh, apparently Bill Belichick used to tell their receivers to wear the same color gloves as the jerseys of the team they were going against. So it was more difficult for a referee if he kind of caught a, the corner of his eye to see where your hands were if they weren't um, properly you know, on the inside of the pads of the defensive player and if you were kind of holding them around the outside of their shoulder pad. Yeah, it's smart. Didn't do it. Just was worried about catching the football. Never did it. Yep. That's... Did you ever hear about it, though? Um, nope. Doesn't surprise me though. That you is the Belichick way. It. Yeah, we actually did this on the offensive line. So especially earlier on in my career, when I used to have a pair of white gloves and, and dark gloves, um, it was one of the things that the old guys in the offensive line would always tell you: "Hey guys, we're playing against a, a white jersey team this week. Wear white gloves. You're playing against a dark jersey. Wear your dark gloves because it's a little bit harder for them to see you blocking, which makes more sense for an offensive lineman. Like that's all we do is block. You get to do fun things like." catch the football and score touchdowns and celebrate and the amount of blocking that you've done in your career. Although I will give you credit for a little guy, you block pretty well, but the amount of blocking you did should not consume very much space in your brain compared to the space that should be consumed by how do I get open and how do I catch the damn football? Somehow in the NFL vocab quiz game, you spent two and a half minutes of our 10 talking about blocking uncanny. And that is, you're making it worse by talking about me talking about blocking. All right. Next up, Joe. This player's prodigious Sunday made him an MVP favorite. This player's prodigious Sunday made him an MVP favorite. So prodigious means like really good, excellent, wonderful, over the top. And Sunday, so Brady had an amazing game, but it was Monday night. Um, Aaron Rodgers had an amazing game, but they lost. Boy, I'm trying to think who else really put themselves out there. Oh, Jonathan Taylor. He did have a prodigious Sunday. He scored five touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. He caught another one. He is making everybody in Wisconsin proud. He's the pride of the Badgers. So Jonathan Taylor, final answer. Ah, judges? You are correct, Jonathan Taylor. Prodigious means remarkably or impressively great in extent, size, or degree. All right, uh, Hawk. Yes. This embattled quarterback will hurple his way to victory again soon. This embattled quarterback will hurple, H-I-R-P-L-E, his way to victory again soon. This embattled quarterback. This is like two. Okay, this embattled quarterback (laughs) will hurple his way. (laughs) What a funny word. I can honestly say I've never heard this (laughs) word spoken in the English language. Will hurple his way to an NFL victory soon? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, means he doesn't have a victory. I'm going to go Jared Goff. Judges? Aaron Rodgers, the definition of herple is to hobble or walk with a limp. Yeah. And our man Aaron Rodgers got turf toe over the weekend, and he also lost to the hated Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Kid Cuzzy beat him, but Aaron Rodgers will herple his way to victory again soon. All right, Joe, you ready? Thanks to football shibboleths, we <laughs> watch one team. No, that's not a way real word. more Please. than we want. Again, thanks to football shibboleths. Wait, what, what is the pronunciation at the end? Because I don't recognize that in the English language. <laughs> shibboleths. Shibboleths. It just oh, sounds I, like you have a list. I do have a list because I can't say the word. <laughs> shibboleths. Shibboleths. S H I B B O L E T H S. Shibboleths. Shibolith S with an Shibolith. S at the end. Shibolith's. Shibolith's. Okay, give me it one more time. One Thanks more time. to football Shibolith's, we watch one team way more than we want. 
Shibboleth. So Shibboleth. I think they're talking about the Dallas Cowboys because they're America's team. They're always on uh-huh. TV. Everybody gets to watch their games. Everybody talks about their games. It's like you being in the hot take business. If you want people to listen and watch, you talk about the Cowboys. Um, so Shibboleth, Shibboleth, <laughs> I believe means popularity. Popularity. Okay. Judges. Oh, no. Detroit mm. Lions. The definition oh. of Shibboleth, a custom, principle, or belief oh. distinguishing a particular class or group of people, especially a longstanding one regarded as outmoded or no longer important. There was words in the definition. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we're gonna, this is going to create other uh, versions of yes. this game. Okay. We're going to be in a deep rabbit hole just searching <laughs> for the meaning of the words that I still, define the words. I just read that we the definition and I still have no idea what Shibboleths mean. So <laughs> that reminds me of colloquialism a little bit. Like it's culturally accepted, like phrases or terms that uh, you use in like a certain area. Shibboleths. Now I'm going to use that there instead. Shibboleths. I can't even say it. All right. Uh, this receiver. Final question for Andrew Hawkins. This receiver created a neoteric business practice this week. Oh, man. This receiver created a neoteric. All right. Say it one more time. This receiver created a neoteric business practice this week. This is for the win, too. FTW, baby. Let's go. All right. So neoteric. Neo means new. Um, so I'm going to say neoteric business practice means like a new or emerging frontier or strategy or process and so i'm gonna go odell beckham jr going with accepting all of his salary in bitcoin is the neoteric business practice that this is referring to judges I feel like you cheated on that How one. That cheat? was very impressive. You. you nailed the definition and mm. you nailed Odell mm. Beckham mm. who tweeted or sent an Columbia. Instagram message that it's a new era and I'm going to kick that off uh, <laughs> by taking all my salary in Bitcoin thanks to Cash App. I wonder what Cash App is paying these dudes because I feel like right. didn't Aaron Rodgers do this a couple weeks ago when he was drinking bourbon and looking like a Halloween character <laughs> before he tested positive for COVID for going to the Halloween party? Uh, so it's interesting that these guys are doing it, but I, I kind of think the whole, like, I'm taking my salary in Bitcoin is funny because I could say I'm taking my salary in Ford F-150s and like, just take the salary they pay, they pay me and just buy a bunch of Ford F-150s because that's essentially what they're doing. It's not like the team is transferring them Bitcoins. They're just taking their money and buying Bitcoins. No, I think they are paying them in Bitcoin. No, they're not. You should do the research on it. They're not, the teams are not buying Bitcoins and then paying the players in Bitcoins. The players are just getting the the money and then buying the Bitcoin. That wouldn't make so sense. It's like, I've decided to invest in Bitcoin. would be way less exciting than, I'm taking my salary in Bitcoin. I'm taking my salary in Tesla stock. Well, not really. I'm just buying Tesla stock. He'd actually, if you looked into that story, he actually was not paid in Bitcoin. He was paid and then instantly took that money and bought the Bitcoin equivalent. Are you serious? Which is the same thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It just doesn't sound quite as good as... Hey, I've invested in Bitcoin. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> hey, I've taken all my salary in Bitcoin. Ooh, that's sexy. That's salacious. Let's talk more. 
All right. Well, I th- I think that we 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 nailed it this this show. I mean, it feels good. I think that's <laughs> that's good for us, man. Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. We appreciate you joining us on the Tom and Hawk Football Show. Find us on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcast, and exclusively on Amazon Music for our Monday minicast. Joe, final thoughts. Make sure you eat too much turkey. But the most important thing on any good Thanksgiving is that nap that you get after the turkey in between the second and third football games after you've had a few glasses of wine, a few beers, and hopefully the kids are running around but not destroying your house too much so you can get a solid 30, 45 minutes to wake up and then have that espresso martini during the final Thursday night game, uh, which is usually a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to that one. Call that the itis in my household. All right, guys. Joe, take us out. Joe Hawk yourself. Ask Alexa to play the Tom and Hawk football show.